Hi, I'm Gary from Stonyfield, the organic yogurt company. Do you know the difference between foods labeled organic and foods labeled all natural? You might be surprised. Learn more at stonyfield.com. We're proud to be the leading organic yogurt maker and honored to support living on earth and hope you will too. Donate at LOE.org. Dengue fever is known as breakbone fever. That's because the disease transmitted by mosquitoes causes intense joint pain and suffering. Worldwide, it's estimated as many as 100 million people a year are infected with dengue, and the rate has increased 30-fold in just 50 years. There's no vaccine and no treatment. We're losing the war against dengue, but there is a new weapon in the works. It's a genetically modified mosquito that's designed to self-destruct within a generation. Officials in Key West are hoping to enlist the new mosquito in their fight against dengue, but first they need permission from regulators. Michael Doyle is executive director of the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District. The last time there was really active transmission in the United States, in Florida particular, was uh, the mid-30s. And um, it was pretty much eradicated through mosquito control and and, uh, hasn't been here since. And then in 2009... We started getting confirmed cases of it in Key West proper, which was a big surprise in the United States for for many people. So the last case of dengue was a a few years back, right? Yes. uh, November 2010 was the last official case that we know of. When dengue arrived, we realized that we had to reduce these mosquito numbers in mass in order to prevent any further transmission and keep Key West as safe as it is, as it always has been. And so... We hired about eight full-time people in addition to the two we had, and those folks have been going door-to-door, literally, ever since. There's 8,000 properties in Key West, and um, and our inspectors try to get to every one of those once a month to six weeks and to dump out containers and treat with low-toxicity insecticides. Sounds very expensive. It's very. It's it's about a million dollars plus. We're now doing aerial treatments using the same bacterial product uh, called BTI, and spraying it from a helicopter over the entirety of Key West uh, right now once a week, that seems to be affected, but again, it's very expensive. So now there's this company called Oxitec, which is based in England, and they have a new technology that uses uh, genes, actually. They treat the male uh, mosquito with, mm-hmm. with a gene, and mm-hmm. I understand that you're considering using it. Yes, yes, and the solution is based on some really good successes in the agricultural world, There's been people working on this thing called the sterile insect technique, which essentially means you sterilize millions of male insects of whatever species, Mediterranean fruit fly or screw worm or um, anything else, and you flood the environment with these sterile males. They mate with the wild females, and and the offspring either don't happen at all or or they die, you know, before they become adults and, and pests. So you got birth control for male mosquitoes. That's, that's exactly right, and it's been amazingly effective. In terms of Oxitec's uh, technology, this gene technology, um, how much would that cost you? The technology that uh, Oxitec is offering, which essentially would be us buying mosquito eggs from them, and then we would rear them and release the, these genetically modified males, uh, we're told between two hundred and 250000 a year. And if the promises are true, then, um, then we would have better control for, for less money. So who has to approve the use of this new technology, this new gene technology in Florida? Hence the problem. Mosquitoes are not an agricultural insect. They're a public health insect. And so the USDA, unfortunately, 
we get a letter from them saying it's not in their jurisdiction. So we were very disappointed, very, very disappointed that they weren't taking that on. And um, and handed us off to either EPA or CDC or, or um, FDA. CDC is not a regulatory agency, so they're, they're not really a possibility. None are required to take it on. It's not in their jurisdiction. So it's essentially falling between the cracks. Well, in the absence of a regulator, couldn't the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District, meaning you and the other people on the board, uh, just decide to, hey, let's just do this. Let's use this new technology. <laughs> well, it's technically, I guess you could. I mean, if we decided that using high-powered squirt guns and squirting mosquitoes with water would solve our problem, we could go out and do that without a permit, and very few people would, would have a problem with it. But the fact that the word genetically modified is connected with the whole process, that conjures up um, some scenarios in many people's minds that, you know, that, are, that are, have serious consequences. Yeah, the imagination doesn't have to run too far wild. I'm thinking of the movie Mothra, you know. It's, you know they... Or Jurassic Park, which was mentioned in a recent uh, city commission meeting that someone came up and said this could be just like Jurassic Park. You know, Mother Nature will find a way. What potential impacts could there be in the environment or on uh, on human health if one of these mosquitoes bit someone or something of that nature? And those are real questions that need to be answered with real facts. And uh, unfortunately, we have no one to look at the facts for us. Well, we're going to speak to Oxitec's chief scientific officer, and we'll put those questions to him. That would be that'd be tremendous. Michael Doyle is the executive director of the Mosquito Control District Office in Key West, Florida. Well, for answers, we now turn to Luke Alfie. He's chief scientific officer with Oxitec. That's the company making the new genetically modified mosquitoes. It's very safe. We, of course, have dealt with independent regulatory authorities in a number of different countries who have each analyzed our technology prior to any kind of field use, or indeed in many cases prior to laboratory use. And they have concluded that it is as safe as one could reasonably hope for. So I know that you've released these in Brazil, in Cayman, uh, Malaysia, right? That's right. The regulatory agencies there have given their seal of approval to do field experiments? Yes, precisely. Of course, we. each of those trials are with collaborators in the country, usually with the governments of those countries. In each case, those field experiments were preceded by risk analysis, but also after the fact, they have shown that our mosquitoes did exactly what we anticipated they would in the Cayman Islands, for example, we showed that they would mate wild females, which is what it's supposed to do. And then when we stopped releasing them, it all went away as expected from the environment. This gene has, of course, a very strong selective disadvantage, like death or sterility. Uh, and so it disappears from the environment very quickly if you stop releasing those mosquitoes. So no unexpected accidents? Uh, you didn't have females, for example, pick up this gene and then go out and spread this gene biting people? Right. Well, nothing, nothing picks up the gene. But of course, when you're separating males from females, that is not 100% accurate. And so in practice, we release about one, in the Cayman Islands experiment, we released about one female per 3,000 males. So uh, an extraordinarily low number of females. But both the males and the females are just like regular wild mosquitoes, except for having this gene that will kill their offspring. So in the case of Cayman, you had uh, 3,000 males that were genetically modified to one female, but you released three million mosquitoes. So you had like a, a thousand genetically modified females. Uh, if one of those were to bite me, what would happen? Um, you would be bitten by a mosquito. What normally happens when you're bitten by a mosquito? 
for many people you wouldn't notice at all, particularly for this mosquito, which is not a not a very aggressive biting mosquito. Some people would have a small reaction to a mosquito bite, and this mosquito is much like any other. Now, remember, those were released over the period of six months. So the, you know, the per week, per whatever edition of females was very low. Some of the numbers get a bit intimidating with this kind of approach as we talk about releasing millions of mosquitoes. But to give you one sort of analogy, we, we produced the eggs in Oxford for that trial and shipped them out to the Cayman Islands. And we shipped, I don't remember what it was, 30 million eggs or something like that. And that really sounds like a lot, but it's probably half a coffee cup full of eggs for the entire trial. But the numbers of mosquitoes that you're releasing, at least I, I was reading uh, in Brazil and Malaysia, is a huge number compared to the native population, like 10 to 1. Yeah, we aim to release about 10 engineered males for each wild male, so that most of the wild females most of the time will see and mate a sterile male rather than mating a, a wild male. Now, what happens if you have that rare male mosquito that does get the gene but doesn't express it the way you hope or want or intend and their progeny becomes a, a super bug and goes on to be immune for later you know generations to your gene right so what we have put in to the mosquito is something that is bad for it so with our gene was to be less effective or less active it would just make the mosquito less weakened than it would otherwise have been. That doesn't make it stronger than a normal one. So just to be clear, we don't put in antibiotic resistance genes or insecticide resistance genes or anything like that that might help the mosquito or anything that, that it comes into contact with. But aren't you putting selective pressure on the population by introducing this gene? Anything you do to the population will put some kind of selective pressure on it. So if you spray it with chemicals, there is some pressure to develop resistance to those. If you if you went around and found all the breeding sites and filled them with concrete, then that would provide some selective pressure for the mosquitoes to use a wider range of breeding sites. And so you would get some possibility of resistance through a behavioral change. So I certainly wouldn't say that there is no possibility of evolving resistance to our approach or, or any other approach to controlling the mosquitoes. But, you know, the 50-year history of sterile insect technique with billions and billions of irradiated sterile male fruit flies, for example, being released every week, history would suggest that this approach is somewhat less susceptible to resistance than many other approaches. Well, Mr. Alfie, thank you so much. Oh, thanks a lot. Luke Alfie is Chief Scientific Officer with Oxitec. Check out our website for a new feature we call Living on Earth Now. Regular updates, news stories, and features. That's at LOE.org. There you'll find food for thought and a story about healthy school lunches. Coming up, a country that has so little garbage, it needs to import it. Stay tuned to Living on Earth. Support for Living on Earth comes from the Grantham Foundation for the Protection of the Environment supporting strategic communications and collaboration in solving the world's most pressing environmental problems. The Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation and Gilman Ordway for coverage of conservation and environmental change. This is Living on Earth on PRI, Public Radio International.